Section 84 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain Letter 115 London, June 5th, Old Style, 1750 My dear friend, I have received your picture which I have long waited for with impatience. I wanted to see your countenance from whence I am very apt, as I believe most people are, to form some general opinion of the mind. If the painter has taken you as well as he has done Mr. Hart, for his picture is by far the most like I ever saw in my life, I draw good conclusions from your countenance, which has both spirit and finesse in it. In bulk you are pretty well increased since I saw you. If your height has not increased in proportion, I desire that you will make haste to complete it. Seriously, I believe that your exercises at Paris will make you shoot up to a good size. Your legs by all accounts seem to promise it. Dancing excepted, the wholesome part is the best part of those academical exercises. Ile de Grasson le Rome. A propos of exercises, I have prepared everything for your reception at Monsieur de Guerinier's, and your room, etc., will be ready at your arrival. I am sure you must be sensible how much better it will be for you to be intern in the academy for the first six or seven months at least, than to be in Hôtel Garni, at some distance from it, and obliged to go to it every morning, let the weather be what it will, not to mention the loss of time, too. Besides, by living and boarding in the academy, you will make an acquaintance with half the young fellows of fashion at Paris, and in a very little while be looked upon as one of them in all French companies, an advantage that has never yet happened to any one Englishman that I have known. I am sure you do not suppose that the difference of the expense, which is but a trifle, has any weight with me in this resolution." You have the French language so perfectly, and you will acquire the French tournure so soon, that I do not know anybody likely to pass their time so well at Paris as yourself. Our young countrymen have generally too little French and too bad address, either to present themselves, or be well received in the best French companies. And as a proof of it, there is no one instance of an Englishman's having ever been suspected of a gallantry with a Frenchwoman of condition though every Frenchwoman of condition is more than suspected of having a gallantry. But they take up with the disgraceful and dangerous commerce of prostitutes, actresses, dancing-women, and that sort of trash, though if they had common address, better achievements would be extremely easy. Un arrangement, which is in plain English a gallantry, is at Paris as necessary a part of a woman of fashion's establishment as her house, stable, coach, etc., a young fellow must therefore be a very awkward one, to be reduced to, or of a very singular taste, to prefer drabs and danger to a commerce, in the course of the world not disgraceful, with a woman of health, education, and rank. Nothing sinks a young man into low company, both of women and men, so surely as timidity and diffidence of himself. If he thinks that he shall not, he may depend upon it, he will not please." but with proper endeavours to please, and a degree of persuasion that he shall, it is almost certain that he will. How many people does one meet with everywhere, who with very moderate parts and very little knowledge, push themselves pretty far, simply by being sanguine, enterprising, and persevering? They will take no denial for man or woman. Difficulties do not discourage them. Repulsed twice or thrice, they rally, they charge again, and nine times in ten prevail at last. The same means will much sooner, and more certainly, attain the same ends, with your parts and knowledge. You have a fund to be sanguine upon, and good forces to rally. 
In business, talents supposed, nothing is more effectual or successful than a good, though concealed, opinion of oneself, a firm resolution, and an unwearied perseverance. None but madmen attempt impossibilities, and whatever is possible is one way or another to be brought about. If one method fails, try another, and suit your methods to the characters you have to do with. At the Treaty of the Pyrenees, which Cardinal Mazarin and Don Louis de Haro concluded, Dans l'île des Façons, the latter carried some very important points by his constant and cool perseverance. The Cardinal had all the Italian vivacity and impatience, Don Louis all the Spanish phlegm and tenaciousness. The point which the Cardinal had the most at heart was, to hinder the re-establishment of the Prince of Condé, his implacable enemy, but he was in haste to conclude, and impatient to return to court, where his absence is always dangerous. Don Louis observed this, and never failed at every conference to bring the affair of the Prince of Condé upon the tapis. The Cardinal for some time refused even to treat upon it. Don Louis, with the same sang-froid as constantly persisted, till he at last prevailed, contrary to the intentions and the interest both of the Cardinal and of his court. Sense must distinguish between what is impossible and what is only difficult, and spirit and perseverance will get the better of the latter. Every man is to be had one way or another, and every woman almost any way. I must not omit one thing, which is previously necessary to this, and indeed to everything else, which is attention, a flexibility of attention, never to be wholly engrossed by any past or future object, but instantly directed to the present one, be it what it will. An absent man can make but few observations, and those will be disjointed and imperfect ones, as half the circumstances must necessarily escape him. He can pursue nothing steadily, because his absences make him lose his way. They are very disagreeable, and hardly to be tolerated in old age, but in youth they cannot be forgiven. If you find that you have the least tendency to them, pray watch yourself very carefully, and you may prevent them now. But if you let them grow into habit, you will find it very difficult to cure them hereafter, and a worse distemper I do not know. I heard with great satisfaction the other day, from one who has been lately at Rome, that nobody was better received in the best companies than yourself. The same thing, I dare say, will happen to you at Paris, where they are particularly kind to all strangers, who will be civil to them, and show a desire of pleasing. But they must be flattered a little, not only by words, but by a seeming preference given to their country, their manners, and their customs, which is but a very small price to pay for a very good reputation. Were I in Africa, I would pay it to a negro for his good will. Adieu. End of section 84. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.